Okay, Ali, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a, one thing about the movie we watched today. Yeah. Is this a world where it's just Chris's steakhouse? <laughs> I feel like that's a keeper, even though you're not really going to be able to say anything. You got any other ones you want to add there? <laughs> got anything else? to a match made in space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this episode, Allie showed me 1986's Ruthless People, directed by David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrahams, uh, mostly known for things like Airplane and Naked Gun and Top, Top Secret. Secret. Uh, I didn't think we'd ever be doing one of their movies, really, uh, because it's just, you know, they're usually like just gag fests. Uh, this is actually a movie they normally uh, didn't they didn't usually do movies that they didn't write. Right. Uh, but apparently what happened was Michael Eisner approached them and said, there's a script, you have to do it. And, you know, they, the, I think it was Jerry Zucker, like I, I'm, I was on Wikipedia, and like Jerry Zucker basically said, they took a look at the script and they're like, yeah, we have to do this. Yeah. It's, got, it's a great plot, it's got great characters, and also we wouldn't have to leave town. Kind of like that. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's a very L.A. movie. Yeah, it's totally. Um, you know, probably, probably more L.A. based than even L.A. story when you get down to it. Probably. Which is true because they got out of town. They go out of town in LA. Story, yes, at least. they do. Yes, uh, they they do. never go out of town in this one. Nope. Um, so yeah, um, this was a, yeah, this was an interesting movie because it like again they you know like it it is people that we don't normally see doing a movie that's more plot based. It's got jokes, but it's not like gag a minute you know silliness. Yeah. Yeah, other yeah. than other than one particularly uh, egregious shot at the end, which could have come out of a Naked Gun movie easily. Well, and actually, also that there's a scene in the middle when they're in the kitchen. When um, they're fighting, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I think of, like, that's just a, yeah, it's slapsticky, but it's not slapsticky in an airplane way. That's it's, true. It's still it's believable if 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 crazy, like it, like in an airplane movie or something like that. Like something incredibly unnatural would have happened. Like there would have been like a fight announced by Howard Cosell or something. True, crazy. true, true, true. <laughs> you know, like yeah. But um, it was, a, it was there was a very police squad slash naked gun gag near the very end of the movie. True. Um. So uh, yeah, this is this uh, this movie uh, it was apparently a success across the boards. It's fairly critically acclaimed. It still has like a ninety four percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It, uh, it was made for only like nine million dollars, and it grossed like seventy one or something. So uh, crazy. it was yeah. so it was a very. I, I mean, I don't know how that translates in modern box office, but it was a very very successful for the amount of money that was put into to make it. True. That. I mean, and I see that it it doesn't. It's not a huge like. There's not a lot of crazy expensive things going on in the movie. Um, right. If you hear if you hear lots of cooing noises, yeah, that's, that's Jordan. He's, he's fine. He's just he's just uh, making some noises. Just making noises. Uh, it might also sometimes be Ali's stomach. They make very similar noises. Yes, they um, do. Yes. Um, okay. It's that digestive tract. I guess uh, we are up to the point of the movie. Whenever we do our elevator, we're part of the movie or the part of our part of the po- podcast. Oh, you didn't know I'm secretly filming this. <laughs> I mean, we filmed us uh, again. We filmed us farting around with the intro. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll probably be a bonus somewhere. Then yeah, probably on our Twitter feed or, or Facebook something. or something. Yeah. Um, but. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. go, go for it. Okay, all right, so I'm coming up to you. I guess you're Michael Eisner in this. Uh, way to F Disney up, you monster. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, mm-hmm. God, I knew. Okay, you know that Weird Al Yankovic song, Toothless People? Imagine it was a real song sung by Mick Jagger that was turned into a movie. 
Yes. That's mm-hmm. a very bad Michael Eisner impression. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of Disney. I don't do them. I, that's Jay Sherman. I loved it. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I, I I got no. I don't have a good pitch. This movie has so much incident. I even know how to. I know it. there's so much to this movie. It's crazy. I could I could say, hey, why don't you just remake too too many crooks? But according to the screenwriter, it is not a direct remake of that movie, even though ah, it shares similarities. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. My elevator pitch. My my elevator pitch. All right. Um. Trust me when I tell you I have a very funny script. However, the opening sequence is going to be three men and a baby's animation sequence, but terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what it looked like? It looked like Worker and Parasite from The Simpsons. Oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> so It's so 1986. Like, oh, like, I, I'm I threw pre- up all over this I'm going to say this. Aha had higher production values on. Uh, yes. Like, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not downing that video. That video is awesome. No. I'm saying, like, actually, I think Baltimore... Uh, video for Tarzan Boy has better. Oh God, it's so higher bad. production values. All right, let's dive in. Okay, yeah. First of all, I, I want to say one thing about so we a lot of these movies. That Obviously, get, that none of that nine million went. <laughs> well, right, exactly. This was, by the way, produced. Uh, uh, it says uh, Paramount's Michael Eisner on the whatever, but this is Buena Vista Touchstone. Oh. So this is a Disney related thing. You think they could have just like said, hey. Hey, hey guys, hey. put down the pencils and stop doing Great Mouse Detective for five seconds yeah. and give us a little bit better animation. So I want to explain something. Some, sometimes we see these movies like, you know, we're lucky because they're streaming animation on Netflix. Look like a moving trapper keeper. Sometimes they're like streaming on Netflix. Sometimes, you know, we have the movies or whatever. And, and in some cases, we actually go to the library and we luck out and they have them. That happened to be well, with this God. movie. Yeah, I know. It's really, it's great. So we happen to find this one at the library and we put it in. And immediately, both of us kind of look at each other like, is everything okay? And we realize it is a direct transfer. It's got to be. It's got to be a v- VHS v- transfer. VHS transfer. It is so bad. It's so I'm bad. Surprised that, I'm surprised it actually had a uh, had a menu screen. I thought it'd be Me like too. one of those cheap ones you get at like Walgreens. That it just starts playing. You know, like, from, yeah. like for some like crappy Like 70s, in a sleeve. Like a 70s exploitation movie. That, you know? Yeah. Like it literally, like it literally, like it is so, it is so grainy. It, it was so like. I'm surprised there weren't tracking errors like yeah, embedded yeah, in it. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It, it did play all the way through though. I give it I give it credit. Yeah. It, it didn't give yes. it so much. So oh, anyways, yeah. so that was pretty funny to start with. But um yes. Um so the opening sequence is this animation. Now here's the weirdest part about the whole thing. It's like fine, whatever you're doing animation at the beginning of your movie. It happens in a yeah. lot of movies. Right. Fine. Especially in the eighties. Yes, especially in the eighties. But here but but here's the thing. If you're if usually the 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 m- the words that they use, you know, the font that they use for the words, in, is an indication to some degree of what the movie's going to be about. If you just looked at this opening sequence and looked at the words, you would think that you were about to watch a horror film, or maybe the episode, or, or maybe an episode of Blossom. To be honest, yeah, I mean, like there was but a lot of colors. Has, like, the, but the color's fine. But I'm more talking. It had like the jagged lines. At the oh, well, the jagged lines because he's going to murder. It's all about like wife killing and and, and, guess, and kidnapping it, and murder. It feels like a horror film, and it's not. So I, I just thought that was terrible. You know, I, like I, I thought, I, I thought actually it looked like. Like I, like I said, uh, like uh, uh, like talking under you there, like it, it, it kind of looked like an animated Trapper Keeper from 1986, mm, yeah. or perhaps an album cover from Starship. Like it was, it was bad. It was like bad. it was knee deep in hoopla bad. Yeah. Like, uh, but um, so yeah, it's it's a, there's a terrible uh, animated sequence at the beginning. Like, I mean, I guess like the the silliness of the way the animation moves around kind of gives you the tone of the movie. I yeah, guess. it sure does I mean, do a, that. And yeah. it does set the tone in that it looks a lot like how their house is interior design works. Oh and we'll get into that later. Oh my god! But yeah, the movie begins like with a sh- like a close up of Danny DeVito 
describing in detail, like setting up the scenario for this movie. And by the way, a lot of people have have assumed this movie is actually, aside from being possibly a remake of an old movie called Too Many Crooks, mm-hmm. a lot of people have said it bears some resemblance to the O. Henry short, uh, O. Henry, uh, an O. Henry short story, which I'm gonna have to look because I do not remember what it was. Uh, the Ransom of Red Chief, ah. which I think has a very similar probably plot line. But the writer of the movie actually said he based it on the like the story of the Patty Hearst kidnapping. Oh, you know, like where she started identifying with her captors and all that. Yeah, you know, you know like but turning it into what is this movie is a farce yes, uh, essentially. It it's is. not it's not a romantic farce, you know. And there's not but there's a lot of mistaken identities. A lot of it's got like a lot of it's like if Three's Company had less jiggle and more murders or more or more I- implied murder, murder. more implied murders. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there was some jiggle in that tape. Come to think of it, but yeah, um, it was. But yeah, it's it's definitely this movie has this movie has a lot of plot twists and turns, which I'm hopefully going to rely on you for because sure. I mostly took notes about how ugly their room was. So the so the opening sequence is at a restaurant with Danny DeVito doing this monologue. And God, he looks he looks so young. He looks oh like God. he's only fifty. Yeah, it's amazing. Like you know, like. And he's basically talking to this woman that you get immediately is someone that he's having some sort of romantic experience yeah. with. She's his mistress. Yeah, which we find because out. he talks about his wife. Yeah, he immediately starts talking about how, what he's going to do to his wife, which is kill her. Yeah, and but it, but his description is basically the setup uh, is that he's he's married this woman. Um, he married his wife because her father was dying. And he was he's the like, boss and he was the boss of this huge company, and right. he was waiting to inherit. He was going to marry her so they could inherit the money and be super rich. And his father just got older. Her father pulled through after they pulled the plug, and like an hour later, he like, stabilized. He stabilized, and he kept any any. Uh, by the way, David Vito's eyes are almost crossed that entire monologue. Yeah, I yeah noticed. it's bizarre. And, and like, but he, like he's furious. Like, yeah. there's a lot of real tight close-ups of him in this yeah. movie on his face, which is very expressive. And yeah. I, 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 it's not a bad movie. No, no, he's uh, so like, good it, in this. Yeah, I like. Oh, David Vito's hilarious. He's in this movie. so good. Uh, it, it, well, he's good in everything. I no, love he David. Danny DeVito elevates even garbage movies. I agree. You know, like, but like, but like, he's. He's like so like he's he, he basically marries this woman and her father survives and keeps living and in theory I guess he might still be alive I, we're not it's not really sure but he's stuck in this marriage and his wife's gotten worse and worse and more and more like horrible to be around and so he's got this plan he's gonna chloroform her and dump her off a cliff yep and uh, and he's telling this to his mistress and everything and she's like you know. She's like, oh, you know, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid? Or, yeah. He's like, no, I can do this. This is, you know, like, I almost wish it could be more violent. She's like, you're throwing him off a cliff. He's like, yeah, but I just want to get my hands on it, you know. Yeah. And so he's, he, and he's, and he complains about her shitty dog named Muffy, yeah. you know, which is such a poodle from the '80s joke. Yep. Um. So, but he, he goes home with his chloroform. He's going to kill her, and he can't find her anywhere. And then he gets a phone call. And in the middle of this, I will say, this is when John checked out for a while, because this house. Yeah, oh my god. Seriously, somebody basically... Well, let me just say this and then you can go. Mm -hmm. Somebody literally opened the box to 1986, (laughs) went, where's Max Hedrum? And then vomited everything of 1986 all over. I the actually, house. I the first thing I literally like they like within two seconds of seeing this set, I was like, do they live in fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse? I mean, they do. I was like, expecting Cherry to be a witness to this murder. It was crazy. <laughs> like, and yes. anyway, like it, like this whole house is designed like your aunt's basement. Oh my god! And it's that's <laughs> your aunt has basically made a time capsule to 1986 in her basement. Seriously, <laughs> the upstairs of her house is dedic- is decorated in, like like a museum of African art history, but like. <laughs> Yes, it's oh my god! And then like 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 it got. It's funny, like I yeah for like the next two minutes, all my notes are just repetitions of Christ. The late eighties were ugly, like in yes. various forms. I'll just skim by that, and then like he gets a phone call and finds out he finds out 
his wife has been kidnapped, beating him to the punch, and they're telling him like, you if you you have to do you know like they're like you know like you have to. Um, you know, like if you don't give us five hundred thousand dollars in unsequentially, you know, like bills. unmarked bills, non-sequential from, you know, like, and if you can't alert the police, you can't alert the media, or we're gonna kill her. Yeah. You know, and by and the way, and by the way, if you lived in the nineteen eighties, you would know immediately that this was Judge this Reinhold. Because what's funny is Judge Reinhold's kidnapper voice just sounds like an, a very just, serious it's, it's Judge sounds like, Reinhold. It, it actually sounds more like Judge Reinhold is trying to do Kevin Conroy's Batman voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like not, it's not the blah, 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 Christian Bale one where yeah. it's just a little too, blah, blah, blah. but it's, it's like the difference between Kevin Conroy when he does Bruce Wayne and Kevin Conroy when he does Batman. You know, like it's, it's that, it's, it's just, all he does is just go a little deeper. And, Can we go like back this. to your Christian Bale voice? Blah, blah, blah. Which basically sounds like our son trying to make, to do you doing the pigeon. Wait, that's, I'm sorry, that's me wrong. Yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. Apparently I'm, apparently I'm making my animation real. What the hell am I doing? Um, no, uh, yeah. Like a pigeon is like this. Yeah. And then Jackson is this when he does that. <laughs> Which is completely unrelated, so and thank you. It's terrifying. <laughs> thank yeah. you for derailing my brain. You're um, very welcome. So, so yeah. So anyway, they like it turns out they've been getting. He gets really excited. So of course, the next scene you see the police and the media building up around his house because he's like they've done his work for him. He's like popping champagne and yeah. dancing around, giggling. Yeah, like he pours excited. the champagne into one of those like weird jiggle bottom cups that, for the most part, I, I guess those were like cool for rich people in the '80s. But by the time I went to college in the '90s, that was just what girls did if they were sassy and wanted to drink martinis at home. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like or cosmos at home it was like the jiggle you know like the martini glass yeah, of like yeah. the, j- the, the jagged, jagged bottom, bottom yeah. nobody nice and upscale had that in the 90s i mean i feel like my aunt actually has a sculpture that looks like that in <laughs> she house. probably does <laughs> we're laughing but her i bet her art I mean, collection is valued in literally the millions i wish i, could, I know <laughs> like, i wish i could go over there and, and take, steal all her stuff no take photos of it and put it up on the website i mean you could but it would be a little crass <laughs> be like, hey. she'd probably be a little upset if she found out about it <laughs> Thank God she has no idea you even do this. So, oh, then we then we meet Judge Reinhold and and uh, his his wife, wife Helen Hel- Slater, who is playing the role of. We couldn't quite get our hands on Meg Ryan, Ryan because she was filming Top Gun. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> she is definitely like she is a Meg Ryan type. Probably even before Meg Ryan. I bet her career started before Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan was pretty young in '86. Well, she played Supergirl. Oh, that's right. She was Supergirl. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna be seeing that sooner or later. It's bad. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you this. It is a movie set in the same universe as the Christopher Reeve Superman. Well, she. Actually... But the only actor that they could get to come over was Jimmy Olsen. Interesting. She went She went to Christopher Reeve and talked to him about yeah. playing Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. Like she had like a whole conversation I, with him. You know what? I don't remember her performance in the movie because I haven't seen that movie since the 80s. I don't remember if it was good or bad at performance-wise. Just the movie itself is rock stupid bad. It <laughs> is. sure it is. It is. Well, you know, it's, it's the super... Remember when we watched Superman 4? Remember how bad that was? Yes. Remember how the only saving grace really was mostly Christopher Reeve and to a lesser extent Gene Hackman? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, the imagine they're not in this movie. Like, imagine a, a Superman world a m- movie where the again the only the only consistency is Jimmy Olsen, a yeah. man who's in his thirties and he's kind of the romantic interest of Supergirl, who's supposed to be a teenager. Weird. Yeah. So we. Uh, I mean, I know Jimmy Olsen's supposed to be a young man, but he's played by an actor who's got male pattern baldness at the point. It's kind of 
so so we get to um we get to meet them and you we don't know why they've kidnapped her but we know that they have and, the, and she's and, in a and, bag yeah and yeah and, 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 and well you, you know pretty fast let's well, go right, they do i mean you, you find pretty yeah. fast like but they the, brought her down to their basement and, and they, she's in a bag and they she's in a bag and you yeah. see her fall down the stairs well you see a stuntman in a bag fall down the stairs because <laughs> there's no way Ben Miller did this and there's a work. lot of like you know slapsticky she grabs yeah. him she kicks him yeah you know? like through the bag like her arms punch out of the bag and start strangling him you know, and they finally get the bag off her, and Bette Midler is in. Oh my God, she I, is. She the '80s did throw up on her. Oh my God, her hair is ridiculous, it's and I think ridiculous. part of it because her hair gets better as the movie goes on. I think part of it was to try and make her look grosser and yes. less. Because like they've got, they've definitely got her like in a lot of loose sack like clothing. And She's a, like, like a lot of layers, a lot of layers, so that she looks heavier. Yes, because a plot point of this movie is that she gets more attractive as the movie goes on. Right. Um, you know, the other but, thing is, but the, like, and, and, and yeah, she's screaming at him and being crazy, and uh, and oh, and they and put on masks. masks. Like they look like fucking Howard the Duck. I know they're supposed to be like Daffy Duck they're masks, off, but off, they, it looks like, like the worst brand Daffy Duck. It looks masks. like a porn parody of Daffy yes. Duck uh, of Howard the Duck is about to uh, about to start at any second. Yeah, it's really creepy. Which is basically, I guess, Howard the Duck that taking his logical extremes. Say, right, that's pretty much. And Howard he does the have duck. a duck condom in his wallet. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, that stay tuned for that one, folks. I've uh, seen it. Oh, you've seen it. Oh, oh. Man, I was hoping to really ruin your life by oh, showing I've you seen how it. that. Oh man, ooh. All right, well maybe Although. that'll be one of our maybe that'll be one of our anniversaries. Although. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Um, um, and basically, around that time, this is a, we do learn very quickly after this that what happened and the reason they went, they're kidnapping her and and getting all this money from her and and they're both people that aren't really like tough. Evil no, they're people. super. They're super. Soft. They're super soft, super nice people. That are trying to like we've we've got to be ruthless people. We have a movie title. Is that basically Sam Stone screwed over uh, Helen Slater's character? I can't remember her name, um, but I can't remember any of their characters' names except uh, Sam Stone for Which some is reason. Fine. But uh, well, yeah. no, I remember I remember Bette Midler's name, and here's why: her name is Barbara. Bar- oh, yeah, because, because down the street, <laughs> she's Barbara Whiteman or White House or White Stone, and doing Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Like a year, within like a year. Within a year. Both she movies are she owns a dog. Yeah, oh, well, this one's not Barbara, as neurotic. Yeah. And she's rich. Yeah. And I assume Jewish. Because it's Bette Midler. Yeah, it's Bette Midler. <laughs> you know. How could you not be? Um, but, but anyway, so Sam Stone is known as the spandex miniskirt king. And he apparently made a fortune because, like, he's the guy that everyone thinks is behind the trend of spandex miniskirts in the 80s. But actually, he stole that it. I'm just going to start yeah. with, I'm going to refer to everyone by their actor name yeah. like I almost always do yeah. anyway. So, But he stole the idea from Helen Slater. From Meg Ryan. Yeah, Meg <laughs> from Meg Ryan, yes. <laughs> and all she could do to get revenge is fake an orgasm in Katz's. I mean, but, um, you would think that would have done it. You know what? I would have had what she was having just because look at how fat that pastrami is. That's it's so... Really oh, good. it's not too... Have not, you never been? I, no, I've never been to Katz's. Oh. It's not It's not too fatty. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good cut of pastrami. Good cut of but, um, Oh, buddy, I know, I know. You don't eat meat yet. <laughs> but I'm eating my Yes. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. teething. I know. Um, anyway, so anyway, um, so they've got that. That's why they want their revenge. Is basically they are living in like a crappy house. You learn. You learn later. Judge Reinhold is like works at a stereo store as a salesman, yeah. selling speakers. 
Um, you know, I, I, I she think, works. At, I think I, she works at a diner. She was wearing what looked like a diner. Or I, I never saw her at work. No, you didn't see her. Like I'm saying I didn't. Wearing, really, I get. Yeah. I, I just thought she was dressed in like cheap clothes. I oh no, no, no! She was wearing an apron. She probably does. She probably yeah. does have to work. Yeah. I, I thought she was either that or either that or she worked out of the home and was trying desperately to be, be a fashion designer. Still, mm-hmm. I mean, you see her do sketches all the time. She yeah. does. She's still making clothes. You yeah. find out later. But um, but she, obviously she's not. Obviously she's obviously. not. Obviously she's not successful. So. Um, so, so you, um, they talk yeah. about being ruthless people, and in the meantime, while he's talking about this, he's like he's saving, saving a spider. A spider. Like it's... he's like like he's saving it instead of stepping on it, he's getting on a sheet of paper and letting it out. Now, admittedly, he goes back and stomps on it, yeah. but you don't see it. But but she's but uh, but but but, but, how... but that's him trying to like steal up. That's the and that's the meanest thing he's going to do all movie. Yeah, Meg <laughs> Slater starts to get you know really upset about this whole experience because she feels bad because Barbara didn't really do anything because and why why are they kidnapping and Kelly her? Kelly Ryan's not someone who holds grudges. No, so, she's um... not. You mean Helen? Helen, Helen, yeah, Ryan. Helen Ryan. Kelly Ryan is probably the name of a porn star. I, 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 I thought it was just somebody that you dated in your past. No. Well, I, I, I haven't dated any porn stars. <laughs> I think I was thinking of Jerry Ryan, who's not a porn star, but was forced by her husband to go to sex clubs. Hey, remember that? The no. former governor of Illinois? Oh, right. Yes, I do remember yeah. that now. So, <laughs> One of the four out of six governors who were indicted in a 30-year period So, um, so, so she's... Uh, Seven sooner or later, I bet with Ronner, I, I don't doubt. Not surprised. So uh, he, in order to get, in, in order for Judge to get um, Helen, you know, back on board, he reminds her that Stone stole all of her ideas and basically made all this money and she got nothing back and he lied. Apparently he lied to them on deal. Like, you know, she hands over all yeah, of her Yeah, they had a handshake stuff. deal. They had a handshake deal. She handed over all of her sketches, all of her information and he just stole it all. He didn't, yeah. you know, he never paid them for what they, they deserve. So they have a real revenge yeah, they have, a, they have a motive, and, and their motive, motive is a good and one. And it's a pretty good motive. They were screwed out of you find literally, out. like, 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 like literally, like he's worth millions. Yeah, and you in eighties money, which would be like you know worth eight hundred billion now. No, yeah. <laughs> no, like yeah, be well, Elon no. Musk now. I mean, well, no, but he 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 would be worth probably at least ten million today. He I was mean, worth like over two million yeah. in eighties money. Yeah, he was. You worth know, a lot. he was a he was a very. Yeah, he he made a lot of money, and they're living in like a really crappy. They're living in like almost like a almost like a trailer, but not. Well, yeah, it's not. But it's like they. But it's a house, but it's a it's a it's a beat up suburban house. Like they're. Their furniture is very cheap. They like it's very. It's obvious that they don't like. You know, they're, yeah. Anyway, they've got they've got her locked in a basement. Um, and she's terrible. She's terrible. Yeah, she she. But you fakes, kind of understand. And the thing is, she keeps faking crying just so they and like and they'll come over to help her and then she'll like hit him. Yeah. Like she's be, she beats up on Judge Reinhold a lot at the beginning of the movie. Um, um in order to like make it uh, make it better for like more comfortable, they keep bringing her magazines and she gets mad about that. Yeah. You know, and she gets. Mad. I mean, like she's, we, yeah, she's she she's she's. I mean, yes, they are kidnappers, so yeah, yeah, I get it. But like they're actually trying to be super nice to her and like. You know, because they they are not ruthless people. Oh, no and they're under the movie. impression that she's, she's. Oh yeah, that's right. She they thought she was his business partner, right. And that she was in on it. Uh, so they they're like, well, she doesn't deserve any more. You know, like any any more sympathy. Because yeah, Helen Slater keeps she's saying just that she's bad. just yeah she she's but she didn't do anything wrong. He's like she did do something wrong. She's his partner. She knows all about it. So yeah. they really do believe right. that she knows. And meanwhile, around this point, okay, so Danny DeVito has gone to the police and the media. And around this point, his uh, we cut to a scene of his mistress and she. She's like obviously having sex with you think it's him I guess yeah you know, like first you think it's she's him. having she's having you know like she's relations having, uh, yeah and you hear like 
Like, apparently, like, I, at first, like, it sounds like they have a gas-powered dildo going on because, like, vibrator, because it is, like, I think it's supposed to be a dust buster It is a dust buster, they it's pull the most, it out. the most horrendous thing ever, but, like, that's obviously what they're using, which is weird, and I guess that's one it's of kinky. the... I guess that's one of the Zucker Abrams moments in there. Um, but it, but the guy she's, uh, she's actually having sex with, and my God, I noticed the hair before I noticed the man. Yep. It's like these, inc- like these the frosted tips that would, would make Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, like, be ashamed. Yeah. Um, and it, like, it, and blow-dried is all get out. It is Bill Pullman in what is apparently his film debut. I guess he did this even before Spaceballs. Yeah. Um, as her boyfriend, who's a, a just, like, her, her real boyfriend. And, like, we learned that she's basically with Danny DeVito for the same reason he's with his wife. Yep. For the money. And she's with this bonehead, like, blandly handsome boyfriend you know, Bill Pullman, not to be confused with Bill Paxton. Now, you see, I hate that. I don't think Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton are in any way similar. They're not, but they came, I think they rose around the Well, they have the similar names. Time. And they rose but around I think, the same but time. I feel like, uh, but I them. feel like Bill Pullman looks a lot more like, uh, what's his name from the newsroom? Daniel, Jeff Daniels. I think Bill Pullman looks more like Jeff Daniels than he does like Bill Paxton. I don't think he looks like Bill Paxton at all. I don't think I don't, he doesn't. But no, but there are people who can't tell them apart. And I think those people. Can't are, tell Like them they apart? literally will talk about not being able to tell whether it's Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton. They'll joke about it all the time. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, they, they don't look, look alike, alike at, all. at all. They just have very, they have slightly similar names. But it's really easy to remember that Bill Paxton is in, uh, Bill Paxton's going to be in James Cameron movies. Bill Pullman is going to just sort of be in movies randomly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there's your, there's your thing. Um, you know. It's a bug hunt versus, I don't know, whatever that speech was in Independence Day. Um, yes, keep going, baby. Actually, that wasn't Bill Pullman's debut. There is no fucking way that was his debut. He was in The Serpent and the Rainbow, which is I, admittedly a low-budget horror movie, but I know he was in movies before then. So up yours, Wikipedia, you house of lies. <laughs> Are you... Are you, what is it? Are you keeping us on a house of lies? What Are you is building it? my Wikipedia out of a house, house of, of lies? lies? Wait, maybe Serpent in the Rainbow and the No, Serpent in the Rainbow came out after this. I'm sorry. That was from 88. So, I apologize. I thought it was 84. Dear Wikipedia, I apologize, sorry. Wikipedia. You are, you are not necessarily a house of lies. Uh, so, Bill Pullman. Um, yeah. So, they obviously are having some kinky sex thing. And, uh, yeah, and I, what she wants him to do is go film the moment where he actually throws, throws her, her off, off the of the cliff. Because he's throwing her off the famous cliffs by the Hollywood, on, the, on the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. You know, they, you know, the make-out point for every movie ever, you know. So so he agree, he agrees to do this. But you can you find out pretty quickly that those frosted tips are a pretty big indicator that he ain't the, the frosted t- The frosted tips are actually the, the smartest part of him. Yeah, so it's um, and, uh, he But he films what he thinks, like, is him. But it's actually a middle-aged dude and his, and his mistress having sex. And he wants her to go out there so it's she not a mistress. can do. Like, I think it's a hooker. Well, you know it's a hooker. You're right. No, it is a hooker because she, yeah, because she says for that kind of money, for the money you're paying me, I'll yeah. do whatever you want. But yeah. yeah, he basically wants her to like scream real loud because his He's wife like, I really like, like there. Yeah, I, I and like and by the way, uh, uh, this guy, you know, since the videotape shows up throughout the movie and he later plays a part. This guy, would, bu- it bugged me all the movie. I could not remember where the hell I'd seen him, but he's the principal from Head of the Class. Right. Like, like I was like, oh, God, finally. I like I finally looked him up after it was over. So while he's filming this, she's screaming. And of course, and he, 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 can't, bring he can't bring himself to look. To look. So he thinks he's he's killing her and he's, enjoying cause he thought, it. Because he thought she was going to be dead when she got there, but she was obviously alive. And you hear her like, ah, ah, oh, no, stop. I can't take it. You know? Yeah. You know, you know and he's like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I'm going like, to make it last. It's really horrible. You know, and you know. It, so he he films her, you know, and whatever, and um, misdirection. 
Yeah, and because this is a farce, we can we can see where this is probably going to end up going. Because she's going to use this. Because the mistress of you know uh, uh, Anita Morris is the actor. Yeah. Carol. Carol's the witness. Carol. The, Carol was his mistress's name. Carol is taping this so that her 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 yuts of a boyfriend can uh, you know like can like like gonna mail a, gonna mail a copy you know to Sam to Sam to figure it out to to try to blackmail to him. try and blackmail him so he so she, like so that she can. Uh, yeah, like so that she can get all the money off of him, because like for the rest of their life they'll be completely set up. Because Sam, if Sam wants to get away with murdering his wife, you know she's gonna she's gonna wet her beak. Yep, exactly. And so, so and then she also gets away from Sam because she'll run off with the boyfriend and just disappear. Right. Yes, with the money. With, with the money. So that's the idea. So yeah. it's you know you know Sam's trying to steal the money, steal this, kill his wife, and steal the money from her family, and she, Carol, his mistress, is trying to steal the money from him. By using this tape as blackmail. And Great. meanwhile, yeah, and meanwhile, the kidnappers are trying to get the money for a ransom for the wife to get revenge for basically them having, you know, like their lives been, you know, ruined and into like they're in, you know, decrepit bad finances, you know, and they're this nice suburban couple that just want, you know, just want to get along. And with. in the midst of all of this, there's this talk of the bedroom killer. And the bedroom killer is this guy that apparently has been, um, Sneaking like into sneaking people's, into people's houses, houses and, and killing them, them. In, their, in their bedrooms. And they don't know who he is or what. And there's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's sort of he's, he's, he's sort of Chekhov's murderer. Yeah. You know, you put him in in the first act. They they are not hundred percent sure he is. They can, all they do is they have sketches of him all over the yeah, place. And and they just, talk about. He just looks like Weasley and rat faced and right. has like uh, like a stringy mullety kind of hairstyle. You know. I thought but, at first. And I, at first, I thought it was supposed to be Jeff, like uh, Judge Reinhold, but he's like much meaner looking. Than yeah, Judge I, I actually thought it was the dude from um, Goonies. Oh, uh, Robert Dobbins. I, I was going to say, yeah. when you finally see him, he is basically the poor man's Robert Dobbins. It's like, yeah. you can't afford Robert Dobbins, you get this guy. You get this guy, right. Like, this guy was also, like, I, he was in a couple of decent movies, but, like, yeah, he's definitely, like, you know, he, he definitely has a Robert Dobbins feel to it. So, um, um, so, so, uh, so um, moving on. So, so we get, so we find out that, um, so that he, jo- so, go oh, ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. So, um, she... So he think like she sends him the tape. Right. Sam the tape. Sam starts watching it, and Sam like it's a porn. It's a porn a, he thinks tape. it's a porn tape. Well, he, it like, is. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, but he thinks it's like design. Like, and he and he, he's like uh, he really likes it. So he gives her a call while he's watching it, and says, "Oh, I know what you did. I you sent me that tape." Right. She, she sends it anonymously, and he's like, "How did you know?" And he's like, "Oh, you you just know what I like, you know, and everything like that." And he's like, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to do everything to you that gets done on this tape. Yeah. You know, and he's talking about how, like, watching it turned him on. Right. And everything. And she's like, oh, oh yeah. And he had gone over to talk to her. And she she really thinks he's killed her. Before that, she, he went to talk right. to her. Right. And she's like, and he was so excited because, like, like that he got away with it and it was done. Right. Like, and he's like, like, and she thinks he's, like, lied and said she's been kidnapped and everything. He's like, because he's just talking about how brilliant it is and how perfect it is. And she's disgusted by how happy he is about like having what, killed what his wife. Like she's like she's scared of him now. Right, right. And so she hears this call from him, and she thinks he's going to murder her the way he murdered his wife. Right. And he, and she's like, oh god, oh god, we have to get out of here. So, it, like, so and this will come back later. She's she she basically gets her her idiot boyfriend to send it to the chief of police. Yeah. Because she's a copy like, of the tape because like, she's like, he has to go to jail. That's the only way. And she's I'm still under the impression that she has seen that the she's, tape. Like, yeah, she started to watch the tape, but she couldn't handle it either. And he was like throwing up at the thought of it. And so she's still under the impression that it's it's a it is a videotape 
of Sam Stone murdering his wife. So that's important yes. because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a line at one point where um, I'm pretty sure it was Danny DeVito who says it mentions a poke, poke in the, the whiskers. whiskers. I was just going to bring that oh up. Oh my God, that's horrible. And, oh, and then we, we we get back to their house, uh, the, 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 uh, the married couple. Yeah. I, I should look up their names because it's really annoying me that I just... Like but, um, B- Bet slash Barbara um, has has figured out that they Ken and Sandy Kessler. Yes, yes. Yeah, but we get back to the Kessler's house, and oh, by the way, and the TV's on, and George the Animal Steel is eating a turnbuckle, and I was just happy to see George the Animal Steel for a second. Um, this made me feel good. She realizes that they they've chained her to the bedpost, but she could lift the bed. And yeah, and so kiss. she gets out, and while she's in there, like, well, she's in the kitchen. She's in the kitchen. She comes like they see her. They see her, and Helen Slater freaks out. Judge Reinhold shows up, and I'm not gonna lie, this movie deliver on something that I didn't know I wanted to see, yeah. which was a fairly brutal found object fight between Bette Midler and Judge Reinhold. I never thought I needed to see that, but it... it he like, pulls a gun. He pulls a gun on her. She, like, throws something at his face. He drops the gun. Like, there's this whole back and it's forth. Back, well, yeah. Finally, she points the gun and pulls the trigger, and uh, and it, it turns out to be a lighter. lighter. Because... As we learned, they're, of course, they don't own a gun. They're, they're not the kind of people who would own a gun. Right. And they've yeah. already done one... They've already given the ransom... Um, uh, you know, thing to to Danny DeVito. He's supposed to meet them. I think he's supposed to meet him by tail of the pup. Yeah, like the next day or whatever. Yeah. So, so like they need her to stay because you know they need her for the you know to get the ransom. Right. And yeah, and it, like so, Judge Reinhold is calling him from like a payphone because he doesn't show up because he's made up a fake drop point right. so that he could go there with the police, police. And then when they don't show up, like. You know, like he's assuming, oh, they're going to murder him because he, one, he doesn't get the ransom. He's called, he's done everything wrong because he's trying to get them to murder him. Right. And, you know, and like it's a running thing throughout the movie. The Judge Reinhold keeps calling him to like, come on, no, really, we're going to kill her this time. And he's more and more annoyed and they keep driving the price down. And he's like, it's, nope. Yeah. You know, because his bargaining style is to like tell people he can't afford it. And, and, and if they lower the price, they're a sucker. They're a sucker, right. You know, so... um so while that's going on, uh, Barbara slash Bet is in the basement and she's just bored with the magazines. She keeps throwing food at them, whatever. And then um, she pulls out. This is one of my favorite moments in so eighties. She like you see her rip something out of the magazine and then you realize it's one of those perfume things. Yeah, that she you, rubs, like, it, rubs it, on her face. it on her face. I think I think we uh, we, we kind of skipped the drop some stuff on the drop off, which is uh, when 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 he goes to the fake drop off with the police, sure. he gets mugged. By he gets mugged by the guy. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but the guy who ends up on the frozen on the meat hook in the in the in the, in the famous end montage of Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Um, a spoiler for Goodfellas if you watch Ruthless People and not Goodfellas, which is a very weird thing to have done. But uh, if you have a spoiler, um, so uh, yeah. He like and the, and of course the moment the guy tries to steal it like a million cops swarm out of nowhere all the undercover cops that were around like right. he's like oh man this city's got a hell of a neighborhood watch yeah and and oh and at one point like she goes to him and tries to be like what can I do for you the ma- the mistress goes yeah. like trying to get like you know like get out like get out of her troubles with him and he says for his like she has to go for his birthday yeah she doesn't want to like like get him suspicious right that like that she's gonna betray him to the cops so she's going to him for his birth birthday I know you're gonna get on my case for saying birthday um and uh he says what he wants is a dog and she's like um uh, and he's like not for you to have sex with it's for me right <laughs> but what he's doing is he's been trying to find a way to kill his stupid poodle so he gets he ends up getting a giant Doberman that it's named a Doberman Adolf. yeah and by the way let's go into this we got another Doberman sighting God. 
We need like, do- what did you call it? Doberman Corner? Do- yeah, Doberman Watch or something. Do- Doberman, Doberman's. Well, we'll it's Doberman up. Corner with John and Allie where we talk about dog acting. Woo-hoo. And this one we're going back to more of a girls just want to have fun Doberman where yeah. it's all definitely 80 yard and it's a very playful dog. Yeah. But, um, but like you see Adolf go chasing Muffy away. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, and you know, yipping. And, and, yeah, like, and you hear, row, 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 but it's really just a dog chasing another dog. Yeah. Um, we go. We go back, and she's on the. She's she's in hiding now. Uh, the mistress. Yes. They go to uh, to the shitty trailer of uh, of uh, Bill Pullman. Right, because she doesn't want to be home because she thinks he's for fans. Of, for fans of uh, for of our Grey's Anatomy podcast, the Hard Grey's Night, which may be reactivating soon if Allie talks me into it. Uh, the, she she's visiting his airstream fuckyard. Yes. Um. It's yeah. It's a shitty airstream. He goes in. It's like it's just completely mad. He's like, you can stay here as long as you want. And then he's sad because the fishbowl is like he hasn't been home in a while. He wasn't feeding or cleaning the fishbowl. He's like he's got two dead fish in it. He goes, oh no, crocodile tubs, which is so perfect because he's been he's dressed in Miami Vice clothes the entire movie. He's got his sleeves pushed up. Yeah constantly and he's unshaven you know he has like the frosted tips he is totally like ridiculous um miami vice yeah he's yeah it's so anyway so back downstairs with bet and bet slash barbara she pulls the perfume out of the magazine she's trying to watch television because they set her up at the tv and the only thing on tv that even gets her interest you know, because there's like four channels. It's when is, she's insulted when, by the aerobics instructors. Yeah, the instructor starts insulting her and they're doing aerobics. So she finally gets up and starts to try to do it. And she like basically almost dies because she's smoking pink cigarettes right Yeah, she's them. smoking Fantasias like right before that. Oh, and uh, during this montage that happens around this time. Yeah. It's a montage set to a Billy Joel song. Yes, it is. And let me tell you about um, the fact that, of course, Allie would not stop singing along to this. I told her I did not sing along to all the songs in Repo Man. Why, why would she do this to me? But it was it was cruelty um and around this time the chief gets his gets his package yes with the with the tape and when you look at the tape and then they cut back to the chief watching the chief is the guy having sex in the tape yes so the chief now thinks he's getting blackmailed and she's just saying and and she's on the phone saying i'm the one who sent the tape you need to arrest him thinking he's watching a man murder someone this is the evidence he needs and he's like He's like, what, do you want me to do that? I mean, we need more proof. She's like, how much proof do you, you need? need? Have you seen the tape? Yeah. And he thinks he's saying, you've seen this tape. You get it done. Right. And so, the chief, it, you, you... Is, so the chief is like, at, like put in this situation where he's like, <laughs> he's like, come on. A, a man can't make one mistake. You know, she's and she, like, it's obviously a misunderstanding. You know, like he, again, so she's like, why won't you arrest this man who's obviously killed? And he's like, oh God, she's making me arrest an innocent man by showing me a tape of, of him having, of, of, of me, me having, having sex, sex with, with a, with a prostitute. Not my, right. You know, and she's like, imagine this getting over all the press. You want to, you want to get ahead of that, right? You yeah, know. It's very funny. And uh, so now Stone is under suspicion. And around this time, Judge Reinhold is, is seeing that like he can't seem to get what he wants. So he, um. He basically um, he keeps setting up drop points, and they keep complaining. Right. But about he's now point. he's given up, and he's now at his, at his like. There's a scene earlier where you see him with uh, there's this jackass in a Ferrari jacket telling his girlfriend how great this particular stereo is, and he's come the with dominator. her to keep her from the dominator, and he's come here to like like to keep her from getting ripped off, right. And Judge Ryan, Judge Reinhold comes up and he's like, she they, they go to him and they they're he's like I don't want you to rip her off he's like oh no 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 I'm, like, I'm, I'm not wouldn't. like all the others I'm not yeah. like these guys and he really isn't he's explaining because she's like well I like this one he's like well you know that's a pretty big speaker but you know like for your budget this speaker's just as good it's small the si- it speaker sizes and everything mm-hmm. you know it's like a lot of guys she's like well you know like he's like yeah there's a lot of guys who will get these kind of things but let me tell you these are guys who are way more interested in the size of their equipment than knowing how to use them you right. know like, like it's this whole thing like basically it's a, like a huge 
huge bunch of like digs at like the masculinity of any guy who thinks like bigger is better in this, you know, and the boyfriend is just looking worse and worse while he's just trying to sell her a nice stereo and not realizing what he's implying. Right. <laughs> you know, like he's just say, he's just just saying that people who get those big stereos like like they care more about like the fact that the stereo looks big than whether it sounds good. Right. But like like but it's being completely taken as like like emasculating. But anyway, at this point some metalhead comes in and he want he's like, "I want to buy a speaker. You sell me one." And he decides he's going to rip this jackass off because he's right. tired of being, like, stepped on. And so he gets him to, like, basically sells him on this speaker that's enormous. Yeah. Like, he, like, he tells him, basically, it's like, this is going to be a speaker you for the rest of your life. And when you die, you can be buried, buried in, in it. it. And it's, like, blaring this ridiculous heavy like, metal song. like, you can song. finance it. doesn't matter how expensive it is. Like, you, you'll be yeah. fine. Like, you fucking finance it. Because yeah. they're, like, swear, like, the guy was swearing and he's swearing back. You know, like, I wish I could remember what the freaking, like, it was, like, some insane, like, cheesy, like... Like, I, I can't see it on the list of I don't know which which song it's by on here. It's probably not the Cool in the Gang song or the Oh Paul yeah, Gang the song one that they were the playing on the on the no or yeah. Bruce Springsteen. I have no idea. Uh, not the Dan Hartman song either. Yeah, um, but anyway, anyway, so, it so is the, it is this it, like it, maybe it's not on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's probably not. Um, it's probably so not. The music's on the playing through like, the speaker. It's blaring, and then and he's gonna sell him this giant thing. The guy's like, I'll take it, and then his pregnant wife and or girlfriend yeah comes in, and Judge Reinhold went, you know what? And just closes the cabinet on the speaker and takes him out of the big speaker room that he'd taken him into. He's like, I got one that's more in your budget yeah. that I think you'd like a little better. Like, he can't do he it. He can't do it. He can't pull the... He just he absolutely can't pull the trigger. He, he can't do it. Um, and then at this point, they go to arrest. And, and the chief is going there to, like, to, like, to, to plant evidence. evidence. He's going to put cyanide in the drawer. Yeah. But while he's doing that, this goofy cop that's been, like, kind of hanging out with uh, with Sam the entire movie and, like, totally likes him as a friend. Like, he thinks he's a friend and everything. Yeah. He's, like, playing tennis in the background yeah, at one point. Yeah, it's very funny. Like, he's just this goofiest guy. He's one of those guys I think always plays, like, dumb cops. He's and, almost, like, the poorest... Um, What's his name? Hanks. Um, um, oh, uh, yeah. Not Tom Hanks. Colin Hanks? Colin Hanks. I was no, Cameron but, he's, but he's definitely goofier than, yeah, than Colin Yeah, that's what I said. Hanks. Like, he's like, yeah, he, he's like, like, if there is, if there is like, you know, like, if there is like a weird missing Hanks child that they kept in a basement. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, like, he, that's who he is. But he's like, he uh, wanders off. To like, he finds Muffy the dog roaming around. He's like, "Oh, Adolf's chasing you. You're safe." And he goes to get Muffy, and then he finds a bottle of chloroform. Right. And it turns out it has stones. And that was Stone had like tried to chloroform Muffy at one point and like thrown the bottle like at, like yeah. off, like at her as she ran away and went down the hill by their house. He finds it. It's got his fingerprints on it. There's this whole there's this whole uh, nonsense of like you know like so basically they're like. The chief's like, oh, I didn't even have to frame him right, because right. he's Basically, apparently guilty after all. Yeah. And they put him under arrest and he like while he's on the phone, he's like, for mixing cotton and silk? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's like that is a crazy uh, way to not keep kosher. So yeah. right, <laughs> you know, right. like, um and in the meantime, somebody's back at the at the at the precinct who's been um they found tire tracks and they've been and the, the tire tracks they're doing the forensics and those match to Kessler's car. Right. And before we go into that, um no, I guess maybe this happens then. I, it looks like I didn't take any notes. It might have, This might have happened before then. Um, they, yeah, they, let's just do that one first. So the police show up at the speaker store. Yeah. And they want to talk to, they want to talk to Judge Reinhold. Uh, they want to talk to Ken and, um, you know, about, about this. Because, uh, like, and they're, they're actually showing him the information 
like showing him the tires and the match. And he's like, yeah, that's that's really crazy. I yeah. can't believe that would happen. If you'll excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. I've had a bit of a stomach flu. flu. Yeah. And he goes out and he's trying to climb out of the bathroom window. And while that's happening, they get a call. Like he's going to the bathroom while the other guy had gotten a page and he's using the phone. And he finds out, oh, they've been they've arrested Sam Stone. So this guy's obviously not part of it. Right. You know, so they get like they go to tell him, but he's still like he's and he's climbed up the window and he's hanging. He's like, oh, God, uh, you know, he's making all these grunting noises. They think he's on the toilet, you know, so they're like, uh, yeah, let's not interrupt him. They're like, yeah, you're we're going to go. Uh, you're free to go. Never mind. We don't, you know, and he, he likes but he's like already hanging out the window yeah. and it's you see them. You see them leave with his feet are like over their head dangling. It's yeah. a pretty good bit of slapstick. It, it like that may have been the hardest I laughed in the movie for some reason. There are funnier things, I think. Like on paper, but for some reason that was just that one flattened to me. In and meanwhile, meantime, at home, yeah. uh, you know, Bette Midler's been working out for all these times. Uh, at one point, uh, now, now, uh, you know, Helen Slater, uh, Meg, Meg Ryan Jr. is yes. uh, is bringing uh, food to her, and she's like, "I brought you the fruit. That seems to be the one thing you're eating." You know, she's like, "You should eat more. You're getting so skinny." Yeah. And Bette Midler's like, "What?" She's like, oh, yeah, you've lost, you know, you know a lot of weight. You've lost, like, 20 pounds at least. You know, and she's like, you know, really? And she's like, and, like, can you bring me a scale? You know, like, and she, it's so, like, they bring her a scale, and she's so excited because she's down to 119 Okay. Pounds. Okay, okay, this is where I, I forgot Allie's going to be. All right, I'm going to, I'll be, I'm just going to sit and uh, drink some water while you. Uh... Okay, so let's just have a moment here, all right? I mean, I love Bette Midler, and she's amazing, and she looks really good in this movie, but the fact that we are shaming her as being fat at 139 pounds even if she's 5'1 which is how tall Bette Midler actually is we looked this up we looked this up because we were trying to figure out whether how how insane it was that 119 pounds from 139 to 119 would actually be on her height right and and okay fine whatever I mean but the fact how do I put this they make her look like she's closer to 185 pounds or something much heavier when they have her all like with all the clothes on her and what's frustrating is it's like first we're we're fat shaming her let's just start there because she's so worried about losing the weight and she talks about how she's been to all these fat farms and all these different things and she can't lose any weight and just coming here has like changed her life and she wants to you know she's like i've always wanted to wear something really slinky and you know skinny Okay, second of all, she looks great. She definitely has been working out. And but you know what? Built- but yeah, like, yeah, Bette Midler's in very good shape for a middle-aged woman, which she is at this point, you know? She's in very good shape. She looks perfectly good, you know? But even 20 pounds on that frame is not fat. Like, no. Not in any real, not in any real, not in any real sense of, like, you're disgusting. You can't possibly wear nice clothes fat. Right. Like, it's Hollywood fat, maybe. I guess. But it's like, so weird. And but, I like, just, 139 at 5'1", like, that's that's maybe a little overweight. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, like. But it, and it's also not, I don't know. It just, it, the whole thing made me just, like, cringe. It's, it's, it was well, very yeah. cringe. And now, admittedly, it's L.A., it's the culture, you know, whatever. You know, but it was it was kind of ridiculous. Because, I mean, I, I, I think, I think if you're, like, if you were, like, four foot eight and you weighed 119 pounds you'd be pretty thin i think here's the thing that bothers me i don't think this would have bugged me as much had they not shown us what was on the scale had they yeah. just referenced that she lost 20 pounds oh. i might have believed it and i might have been with you and i wouldn't yeah. have matter i would well, yeah, because there's so many people who can relate with how wonderful it would be to lose 20, 20 pounds. pounds there's probably the vast majority of people probably like feel like oh if i just lost 20 pounds i'd be i'd be so much happier well, so they could totally see yeah, yeah you know like you could totally see that feeling and but there was yeah, this, you're right it was, was like this, it was like they had to show it they had to show it and it was this element of like well now she's pretty and, yeah, it was like, and yeah. that pissed me off a lot right. I, I just i don't know i'm very body positive and it made me angry and right, rah, rah, rah. Right. 
again, I'm and again, mess. you know, whatever. It's it's it, it, you know, it, it, I get it. And in the yeah, you know, gotta admit it. In the '80s, it was a pretty shallow time anyway. So we're not like you know. By the way, we actually have three flies in here. Yeah, I, I know. We, yeah, you know, the fly everywhere. discussion I think started way off camera. So yeah, I, think I just wanted is, to make it. Everyone now we're up to three. If you're playing, how many flies are in oh, the MMIS studio it's driving right me now? Crazy. It is three. Yes. I guess we should bury that body. Yes. Um, That'd be a good idea. And anyway, so, but anyway, like, but she's she's like, I want, I, I and she and uh, she's like, I want to have something slinky to wear. And and Helen Slater says, uh, you know, uh, Helen, uh, what's, her, what's her character's name? Uh, uh, Sandy. Tesla. Sandy. Sandy. Sandy says, hey, you know, like, I have something. Yeah. You know, like, and she's she like, was what? like, you, you couldn't have what I need. You what know? I need. She's yeah. like, yeah, I want something high fashion. You know, and she's like, she's always dressed in very 80s suburban, like, mom looking things, even though she's not a mother. You know, she's got mom jeans on yeah. and, like, baggy clothes, baggy shirts, like, in that, like, 1986 way. And she, but she brings back, well, first of all, <laughs> she brings back a dress that, like, if it were not 1986, no one would think was attractive. Yeah. I will just say that is the most 1986 dress. I mean, it's, it's like this rainbow color It looks like something that uh, Shelley Long and Troop Beverly Hills would have been like, no, thank you. I don't think I'll be wearing that yeah, one. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, it is, it's crazy. And then later on, they're playing dress up together because she learns she designed it. Yeah. And she's like, like you're so good. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, you're so good. Because she thought it was a, I can't remember which designer it was, but it was a name, big name designer. And she's yeah. like, oh no. And then she, she guessed like two or three others. And it's like, no, it's me. Yeah. And you see the two of them are playing dress up. They're in her clothes and like, and Slater is moosing her hair yeah. enormously. Oh my God, it's very And all it does is make her look more Meg Ryan-y because now her hair's up and spiky. Well, actually, <laughs> you know? actually, what she reminded me of is is at the end of Girls Just Want to Have Fun when Helen Hunt. <laughs> Helen Hunt's upside down yeah. hair. Yeah, <laughs> Probably the best gag in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, probably the only time I laughed out loud in that movie. Yeah, even though I saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah. Um, but, um. But um, uh, yeah, like they're they're dressing up and they look like they're playing dueling Harley's oh Quinn from, from the Batman she, animated cartoon. It's like, did like, she did she rob a jester for some of yeah. those? Clothes? Like they were, like seriously, they were they're dressed up like Batman henchmen. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they, but they, you know, so anyway, they're they're having a great old time. They're laughing, whatever. Judge Rhino gets home and he's like, oh my god! Like at this point, he's like, he's he realizes like they like. Their offer of ten thousand has been refused yeah. at this point, and he gets home and he's like, and basically he's like, we got to get rid of her because like the cops are after us, like like the cops could come anytime. He's like, we got to like, and he's like, we got to we got to find a way to get get her out of here and let her go. And she's like, oh, gl- I'm so glad you did because I already did. Yeah, I already let her go. And and he's like, you did what? Yeah. And he's like, oh God, they're gonna get us. And then and a knock comes immediately on the door from the police, and he's like, well at least they knocked, yeah. you know. And he goes to answer the door, and she's freaking out and running around like I gotta get out of here. And the policeman's like looking at you. She's like, "Oh, she's late for work." Yeah. And, and the policeman shows her, shows him the mugshot of uh, the bedroom killer. Uh, Chekhov's killer. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're like, "Okay, uh, this isn't a bad. This isn't no, this isn't no. About us, right? This isn't about us. Uh, you know, like we're okay. Yeah. You know." So they're like, "Oh God!" And then, like, not long after that, I guess I don't think. Um, yeah. So uh, then. Um, Barbara shows back up. No, what, yeah. Actually, what happens right before that is... Oh, is Sam is has Helen... paid his bowl. Oh, yeah. Sam pays his bail. I'm going to get that out because we got to forget. Because, like, they've marked it from 500000 to 50000 to 10000 He still won't pay. And she learns about... Oh, yeah. They, oh, before he let her go, they had this whole they had this whole heart-to-heart. Uh, Helen Slater and, and Barbara... Uh, Sandy and Barbara had this whole heart to heart where she like she hears about how her husband like how she's not a business partner of the husband how like that's all him she never she never got involved in his business you know that like like that he's a scumbag that he treated her and she can't believe he has no value to her at all yeah. like he's not like he won't even pay ten thousand dollars he like he said like they're like he says he can't get that money he's like he can get way more than that and it's proved almost immediately. 
because he pays seven hundred thousand dollars in bail without even disputing it like the moment he can he's like yeah. pays it right away just so he can get out right and get back home so so and then in the meantime when she's when she's freaking out because they think that the when helen slater's freaking out because they think that the the cops have come for them and it's really just about the sketch for the bedroom killer she's trying to climb over the fence judge reinhold comes and gets her says it's not it's not about us it's not about us you can come back he pulls her back over as he pulls her back over the fence back into the house you see the killer emerge from a car right so he's now in their neighborhood so now the bedroom killer is actually there yeah and uh oh and oh and and and, and let me go back real quick so danny devito gets home and finds that both adolf and muffy are have torn his clothes up and they're best friends now yep which is great i I was really glad i'm really glad this movie went like actually showed my favorite version of the doberman which is the sweet dog that they can actually be yes um so um (laughs) so at this point barbara is coming back because she actually has like, like she actually wants to back, uh, you know, Sandy as a fashion designer. Right. Like she's like she like really thinks this is like this is the thing. This right. is like that like Sandy's really good, and she's like I love her fashion. I'm gonna like I, like like she like she's totally like turned like she's Stockholm like yeah. falling in love with her kidnappers. And unlike the like traditional Stockholm syndrome stuff, like her kidnappers really are sweet nice people right. that like made a mistake, like right. like tried to do something evil but couldn't pull it off. Right. So, but she's like totally in love. And she's coming back to like work with them, and I think get contracts signed and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And um, but she comes in to say hi, and the bedroom killer's there. And he almost stabs her. Yep. He's like, you look like my mother. I hated my mother. And he goes to stab her. And then Judge Reinhold stops him. And like he's like, you look like my father. I hated my father. And he dives at Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold rolls, rolls out of the way. And the and the, the killer rolls down the basement stairs and dies. Yes. It's a great moment. Like, like he like falls down the basement stairs and hits his head on the uh, water heater at the bottom of the stairs. And is stone dead. So it was like Chekhov's killer being mentioned. Yeah. And now we're going to, later on, we're going to, we'll, we'll we're going to put a pin in this one because we got che- he becomes Chekhov something else in just yes. a moment. Yes. Um, so now the plan that they've got, like now Barbara is working with the Ke- the Kesslers. She is telling them everything because now that they know, like basically now he needs now Sam needs Barbara to be alive. Right. Because, because he needs to prove because that she, he needs he to prove kill her. he didn't kill her. Yeah. You know, as long as she's alive, because otherwise he's got like like the evidence is all pointed to him, and he's already been threatened in the holding cell by a big dude who told him he had a pretty mouth. You know, there's there's a couple of unfortunate gay sex prison jokes throughout this movie. Uh, Bette Midler does some on uh, Judge Reinhold at the beginning about his yeah. butt. You know, stuff that nowadays is a, like that was all too common and still is too common in our culture. Yeah. But um, we'll we'll gloss over that. Um, uh, so we um, oh by the way, there's a news report they see about him being let out of jail, and I called it instantly. It was the most amazing thing, um, probably because he he did so much voice work. But the late Phil Hartman has yes. uh, has a I don't know if it, I don't think it's in the actual credits. It's on IMDb, but I don't think it's in the actual movie credits. Um, he is a voiceover of a newscaster uh, discussing the uh, you know talking about how like he had been arrested and yeah. got out on bail or whatever. And um, but anyway, they so they get this plan. They get Danny DeVito's like she gives him all of his assets, like what he's actually yeah, worth. Yeah, write, they write everything like, down. Like, they itemize everything he's actually worth. Yep. And then they yeah you know, like and she calls him up and like they call him up and uh, like basically they're like, like get the tofu burgers out get of the, the to- freezer. Get the tofu burgers out of the freezer, uh, which is hysterical. so damn. Um, uh, they so they call him. And they're because they're like no no the offers changed he's like I've been thinking I'll give you that I'll give 10, you the ten thousand dollars and they're like no the offers changed it was like two point whatever million and he's like well, I don't have that kind of money he's like oh yeah we know we tortured your wife to get it you'll be amazed what a lit cigarette can do and they keep moving the phone over to this sizzling tofu burger that they're pushing down into the oil and making it sizzle and then she and Bette Midler's screaming like no no 
She's like, I yeah. have, yes, yes, yes gems, rare gems. He has four carrots of rare gems yeah, in, the, like, in, the, in the safe. He's like, ah, you know, and so they, basically he's going to have to give everything he owns to them, like a money worth ev- uh, to the value of everything he owns yeah. to them in unmarked bills, unsequential, right. et cetera. And, you know, and now he's, like, worried they really will hurt her because now they're hearing, like, they're torturing her and all this. And he's like, oh, hell, now I, I got to keep her alive. Right. So he's freaking out. You know, he does he does still keep the cops involved, uh, of course. Of course. But um, he goes to the bank to try and get the money. And they're like, we're sorry, sir. Um, as long as your wife is alive. Right. Most of these assets, he's trying to use the house as collateral to get a loan for that amount. And they're like, uh, and they're like, yeah, this stuff is not actually yours. It's in your wife's name. Right. So... As long and like so, basically, he 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 needs her dead to get her money. But if she's dead, he's gonna get uh, you know he's gonna get uh, convicted of murder. Right. So you know because like, the evidence looks really bad against him. Right. So but they say but I'm looking at your own finances and you have and she starts listing exactly the same things that they had. Yeah. You could use that and you could easily use that as the collateral. Right. You know so he's like son of a you know like whatever, and. Uh, and so basically, they're go like they go to the drop off point. There's all these. There's this phone bank in front of like I guess Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> no, it wasn't built yet. That was actually a new building uh, for Die Hard. Um, so there's like he's by this phone bank, and of course they end up uh, at some point. I can't remember where they end up being a joke where he answers the wrong phone because right. uh, they're like they're five right. payphones in a row uh, in a circle there. Um, but he goes to, to the drop-off point, and suddenly it's like, I couldn't decide if it was quick change or the opening sequence to Dark Knight, because yeah. Judge Reinhold comes so dressed like a clown. He's, right. He's got a clown nose. Clown and nose and a clown, clown and a clown mask, and, uh, you know, and he's coming for the briefcase full of the money. Right. And there's this whole back and forth, and all the cops are there, and he's like, oh, God, you know. But he calls in the walkie-talkie and says, okay. Oh, and he had heard a phone call from Bette Midler telling him, like, all the stuff. Right. And she's calling him a scumbag, and she's like, they're making me say this. Right, you there... scumbag. Yeah. You filth. You know. But uh, so he's, you know, he's going to get, like, like, like basically, he's, like, he basically says, she's going to die if you don't let me go. And right. Like, we'll let her go. We'll just follow him. Yeah. You know, once he's gone. You know, so he's, like, he you know, goes like, to get in the but, car. And, and, and he goes to get in the car, and Dave DeVito, like, at one point pulls a gun on him. Like pulls his gun on him, and and like the police make Danny DeVito drop the gun because like if he if he if he do, if he fights this that it like he's conspiring like there's all these charges for like obstruction of justice that he's going to be guilty of aye, aye, aye. you know so Danny DeVito puts the gun down gives up the briefcase Judge Reinhold goes to go and that's when Earl Mott uh, which is uh, I think I don't think I even named him correctly yet but that's Bill Pullman's, Bill Pullman's character, character comes up dressed in like Miami Vice clothes and and really enough like some sort of like tight shirt underneath that like his long sleeve it looks really strange yeah. But he's like holding, like he's trying to rob him. And there's this whole thing where the police snipers are shooting at, shooting at, at, his, whole, car. at his car. And he's like, Did you he, shoot at me? And he's like, Judge Ryan, I was like, No. He's like, How did you shoot at me if you don't have no, any gun? He's like, Yeah, you got me there. You know, like, but the police, like, the police end up with loudspeakers, like, telling him, You know, you're under, like, drop the weapon. We're the police. Yeah. You know, you have to let that clown go. <laughs> let Bozo go, let I believe Bozo is what they go, said. Yeah. You know, so Judge Reinhold gets in the car and drives away and he's like, and he's like, they swore they wouldn't follow me. He says that over the radio to them. And then right. you look and it's like the end of moving violations. There's They're just all, cops. Yeah. They have this really low speed car chase through the city and like with like 50,000 cop cars, like literally at least 15 cop yeah. cars and like single file slowly going down the road just after him while he's, dri- while he's trying to drive away. And he ends up at Santa Monica Pier. He ends up at Santa Monica Pier, yes. And basically he says, I can't do it. I've got to get away. And he drives off the pier. And as he hits the water, like everyone's like, oh, no. He, he hits the water. Like everyone's like, 
ah, you know, the water's too deep, it's too cold, like, no one can survive this kind of, this kind of thing in this water, and then you see some money start floating up to the surface, and everyone starts diving into the it's water after it, and, like, this free-for-all, like, it's, like, the end of a mad, mad world, everyone's just going crazy trying to grab everything, and, uh, like, uh, Danny DeVito's freaking out because it, it, his money's, like, in the, like, because he, he was with the cops chasing them, he's freaking out because his money is, uh, you know, like, it's all his money that people are just like, stop them! Stop them! Arrest them! And he, like, pushes a cop in the water to go after it to save his right, money. to save his money. And it, we kind of cut away, you know. They, uh, you know, like, it's the, the aftermath of it. They couldn't find all the money. Yeah. Like, they only found, like, $1,000 worth of the money that was recovered. Uh, the rest was washed out to sea. And they fish out the body they, of, of the clown. Judge Reinhold's body comes up on a hook, you know, and they lay it down. And, hey, remember Chekhov's uh, gunman? Now he's Chekhov's corpse. Because they pull off the clown mask and, and it's see, the killer. And they see Barbara walking Barbara in. Barbara walks in and, and they're, they're like, like, oh my God. You're alive. alive. And she's like, yes. He's like, and, 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 you know, and they were like, and she was like, yes, I, that's him. That's the one. They're like, it's the bedroom killer. Yeah. You know, he had kidnapped her. And it was like, but he was calling. He said he had partners. Like, oh, those are the voices in his head. Yeah. You know, so, so like, basically, like, she's alibied the Kesslers. Yep. But, you know, and, you know, and so you see, basically, you see Danny DeVito, like, she's like, she sees Danny DeVito, he sees her, he's like, oh, because he was like, at least my wife's dead. He was really excited, yeah. finally. Oh, there was a scene earlier, we forgot, where he like, they had him identify her body, and it wasn't. Oh, and yeah. He, and he started to celebrate. I don't know, he started to be angry, and then turned into, like, he was pretending to, like, pretending to celebrate that he was still alive. Yeah, but she you was know? still alive, yeah. Like, like he banged the, ta- the, the drawer, and then he was like. Yes, she's yes, still alive. alive. Yeah, you know, but um, but anyway, so he's like, oh God, because she goes to talk to him, and you know, she's like, oh, you're alive, you look beautiful, you know, and she's like, yeah, and the, the cops are walking away. And this is the most Zucker and Abraham's yes. moment, I think, of any movie. Like the cops are walking away, talking about how wonderful their marriage is, and like, I hope my 15 years of marriage uh, can be at 15 years of marriage, I can be as happy with my wife or whatever. And meanwhile, in the background, Bette Midler is strangling him, and then kicks him off the pier. <laughs> you know, while they're talking, yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very like funny. end of police squad kind of joke. Yeah, it's very funny. Actually. You know, and then what? And then at the very end, you and all, then it cuts to the beach, and you see Ju- you see Judge Reinhold coming out of the ocean wearing a scuba mask, carrying a briefcase. And you obviously see- that whatever money that it like he had taken a little bit of the money out to like throw it to, yeah. to distract. Yeah, you know, so what? The, so he's got about two million dollars in a briefcase, which he almost drops and loses. Uh, he runs to Helen and, Slater yeah, and hugs Ma- her. Yeah, Meg Ryan hugs him. Oh, yeah. so Helen Slater hugs him. And uh, and then Bette Midler shows up and they all like do a little dance and walk off into the sunset together. And as John said, so that's how Beaches ends. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a pretty happy ending for Beaches, you know, and, and in the credits, um, you hear that Billy Joel song again. Yes, you and, do. Um, I have to say that, that I, I can't remember what the name of the song was. Modern Woman. Modern Woman, but I, it, it to me it's sounds like the chorus sounds like billy joel but like the verses sound like billy joel trying to do an elvis costello song oh, like his delivery his delivery sounds very elvis costello-y in the in the verses okay. um and oh, one other thing we get to see in the credits we get to see um you know someone who at this point was not an actress yet oh right because she was only an actress for the last few years of her career we see we hear the late the the great the late great doris Grau was a script supervisor you yep. know that's lunch lady doris from the simpsons uh, you know, so, and also the makeup woman from The Critic. That's right. And, uh, Allie? Yes? I think we've gotten to the point in the show where we can, uh, where we can uh, kind of, uh, ask some, uh, some questions. Sure, go, go for it. That question is, was this movie worth revisiting? Yeah, it was worth revisiting. Um, it's, you know, Farsi, and Farsi is fun, and... 
It's also the language they I speak in Iran. I was just going to say, that's not what I meant to say. Like many Persian films, it's in Farsi. It's, in Farsi. it's farcical. No, I mean, it is. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's got a lot of slapstick in it. It's got, you know, it's, but it's not over the top in the... No, it's definitely not over the top because there's no Stallone in it at all. There's a better car chase than over the top, I want to point out. Yes. Um, but in ge- recall. But in general, um, uh, no, I thought it was fun, and I, I, I really did enjoy it. my it wife back. really is a lot of 80s uh, vomit everywhere. Oh, my God. They, they, but, but, man, the 80s were an ugly decade. But the late 80s especially were really ugly. They but were just you can see why. I, I, it is fun to see how this, how it, the twists and turns of the plot are good. And I don't know. I believe they made a, they made a show. I want to say they made a musical. Out of it. Did they? I know there was apparently a spinoff TV show. You told me that because the woman who played... There was apparently a spinoff TV show and the woman who played Barbara in the TV show was the mistress from this movie, which was crazy weird. so bizarre. Yeah, so... Yeah, we found that out when we were trying to look up who she was. was She wasn't a very good actress. No. Or at least she wasn't in this. Maybe she's good in other things. She she was in The Happy Hooker. I remember that. Yes. But not The Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood or it whatever was, it was. So, yeah. No, I definitely I enjoyed it. And I I mean, it's I like Judge Reinhold. He's very, he's affable. He's fun, you know, to yeah. watch. I don't know. Again, not a great actor either. No, but, but, but he has but always, that, He does the, he gets the job done. He gets the job done and he's yeah, fun. He's and, and Danny DeVito, you can't go wrong with him. I think he and Bette Midler do a good job. Uh, so, John, I I love that you're pointing to it like. You I held the sign out to me like I was supposed to read no. it to you. And I'm like, no, you read this. I, I, I know. Yeah, I, but the, the way you people don't, can't see this, but she the literally held it dressed, towards me. No, no, you held it. You held the, the you held the question up to me, like I like we have a little card to remind ourselves, like uh, like all the little things we got to do, because yeah, that little behind the scenes. But anyway, you may ask me. John, now. was it worth watching? Oh God, I fucking hated it. No, actually, it was definitely worth watching. It wasn't yeah. laugh. I thought it was gonna be funnier. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a darker comedy. I think I was expecting more like a War of the Roses kind of thing. Yeah, I think you were too. Like, you know, like, I, I, I was expecting to be a lot darker and more cynical a movie. Yeah. Whereas it's actually, it's a very fun farce and it's very, yeah, it's very, it, it, you know, and it, it has, it has like the happy ending that I kind of wasn't expecting. Like, there was actually a moment where the movie could have gone really dark where oh, she yeah. actually got murdered by that killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they had to like fake it and then it turns into a weekend at Bernie's thing. Uh, it could have gotten real dark. But no, it, it was a very, it was like, it was fun. It was very well written. It was well performed. It wasn't as jokey yeah. either as I expected, especially considering who directed it. Right. You know, because like it's not. I don't think it's like it got reviews. It's like 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 Siskel and Ebert both like said it was like the funniest movie of the year or something in their reviews. And I mean, maybe, but like you know, maybe back then, maybe, but like I didn't think it was laugh out loud funny. No, I thought it was amusing, and there were funny moments in it. Yeah, you know, but I thought it was an excellent movie. I just thought it was really well well done, well yeah. made. Danny DeVito is really good because he's playing the 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 perfect Danny DeVito role, which is a total scumbag. Yeah. you know, like he's. You know, like it, it, it's you know, and Bette Midler is is it does a pretty good job too. Uh, you know, Judge Reinhold and Helen Slater like do what they're supposed to do. You know, it's it's just she's almost a little too mousy sometimes. It yeah, like, but I think I th- but I think that's kind of the point of her yeah. character is she's like I think she's supposed to be, and you know, and um, what a what a uh, uh, Bill Pullman is very funny as a dumb guy, like as a handsome dumb guy. You know, it's kind of a thing he kind of moves away from later in his career to yeah. just being sort of a blandly handsome lead. Like, I don't think of Bill Pullman as actually a leading actor, even though he seems to, like, most of the things I've seen him in, he's kind of one of the leads. 
I guess he's a supporting thing in Independence Day, but that movie is like a bunch of supporting characters, yeah. really, more than like, you know. But like, but like, it, it's just it's a solidly made movie. It's very entertaining. And before we go to the closing thing, I think I want to just go back and do a hopefully not very common segment, but the errata from the previous episode, uh, like you know, a section of I don't know what you're staring at, but uh, oh, just the number of flies. No, I saw a really terrifying. What looked like an enormous spider uh, shadow through the blinds, oh. and it was terrifying. Okay, it's not. It's spiders don't get that large. <laughs> Hopefully, um, but um, but I like there are there are a couple of things uh, that we kind of glossed over in the last episode that sure. I'm trying to remember now. Um, one, I feel really bad that like I got distracted. There was a whole thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm not going to actually go into depth on it now because it's too late. But in the Remo Williams episode. When Chun was watching American soap operas and praising them, I kind of got sidetracked and didn't talk about the fact the reason I found that ridiculous is when I first moved to Chicago, I had to use an antenna for my television that like I bought at a Woolworth, well, Woolworth's, a Walgreens. Like I had this cheap, t- tiny TV uh, because our movers didn't bring our stuff for like a, almost a month. Um, but I, w- we were, I was watching local TV with an antenna, and most of what I watched was there was this Korean network broadcast channel. Like, for, like, Korean language. And, I mean, thankfully it had subtitles, but, like, there was this Korean soap opera. And I can't remember what the genre's called, but Korea has this whole vibrant genre of these, like, they're soap operas, but they're also, like, they're historical soap operas. They're based on, like, Korean history. Mm. Like, and it was, like, set in, like, the 1600s, and it was this vast in scope, like, Game of Thrones style, but without the sex and, you know, the gore and violence, because it was very low budget. You know, but it's like, and it, but they were supposedly based on real history. Like, and it was off the chain, and it was fascinating. And I wish I could, I, I wish I could find this soap opera now because I never knew what it was called. <laughs> I just saw episodes of it, you know, with like the subtitles was on at like six thirty p.m. like every day, you know. Yeah. And like there was, a, like it, there was a moment where a character had dishonored his emperor, and in shame he just started beating his head on the stone ground until it was bloody. But it was shot like a soap opera, so it was like this incredibly fake blood. But like it was like like and there was this character named Jinjay who was like part of a bunch of intrigue and trying to maintain his nobility and honor while everyone around him was being like a total sleaze bag. Okay. Like and it, it was kind of like it was sort of about his fall into that because he later sort of starts joining them in that. Like like it was this amazing thing and apparently there's this whole amazing subculture of Korean soap operas and I'm so sad that that movie didn't know that and it made Chun look like an idiot by liking these dumbass American General Hospital stuff when the Korean soap opera is amazing <laughs> and off the chain. Also at one point I said that uh, Fred Ward if they had made an 80s Punisher movie that Fred Ward would have been my choice. I didn't clarify I meant mid 80s cuz I am I am very well aware of the 1989 Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren. Right. <laughs> like, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> I'm just saying I would have preferred Fred Ward, and I and, and also I don't think Dolph Lundgren would have made it to the Punisher that early. Like, he was still playing villains at that point, pretty much. Um, or maybe he was He-Man the next year. And there was a couple of other dumb mistakes I made in that movie that I can't remember now, but I wanted to just say, yeah, a lot of times when I'm talking on these things, I just start talking out of my ass and forget things <laughs> and forget the, the whole point of why I was going much like I forgot the whole point of this but anyway that that if there are any errors in this one maybe I'll tell you next week maybe I won't depends on whether or not Allie slaps me for doing this now and derailing our podcast a little bit um, um, so yeah uh, here's some here's some news the last time we did announce that we 
have a Facebook page. We do. It's uh, going to go live, and we're going <laughs> to. I love that we've had it for like a week. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. I have to. Live. My problem actually, is, this isn't going to air for no, like another week. It'll probably, probably be live, be live before, by the time they listen to yeah, it. Yeah, we we're, we're we're trying to get ahead of the pack. Here. Yeah, we, we right. just we just recorded that last one like five days ago. So so, so um, definitely you'll see us tweet about that uh, coming up, and we'll po- probably post. Something that we yeah. shot before this. Yeah, uh, about yeah you can our, see our rough. We, our rough. We, we've, we've started to tape all of our rough cold opens because those are mostly dumb and terrible. Yeah, and we figured it's fun for you guys. It's the closest rough. thing you're getting to a blooper reel because we hardly ever edit from the middle. No. <laughs> but yeah. we will say, no, we're not using that. Yes. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so that's that's just something news-wise. And then um, it looked like uh, a couple of you um, jumped back in. We were, we were looking at the... The feed from Twitter from when we posted the Remo Williams, and so I'm glad that um, those of you who have stuck with us this long. We really appreciate you yeah. being around. After those of us our... who were surprised to learn they were still following us yeah. when a tweet came. Yeah, up. we were like, "Oh, look, we still have, we still have followers. That's yeah. really nice." So, um, and I know a lot of people are not on Facebook, but if you are, you will see us post about it there, and you can also access those uh, uh, episodes there. So, I'm going to let John give you sort of the yeah. rundown of where. Okay, how you can so get um, I guess by the time this runs, you can just search "Match Made in Space" on Facebook. You'll probably find it um we have a website matchmadeinspace.com that probably will uh, have things on it occasionally maybe we'll put up the video the outtake videos or something they won't be in our feed but we'll put them up there um we uh, are able to be talked to via email uh which we check at least four times a year at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com you can of course find us on twitter at mmis podcast you can find me on twitter at hitler puncher uh, right now, anti-Nazi people are still not fully banned. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you can find Ali at ALI underscore Goodman. And right now, people with uh, first names that could be mistaken for a Muslim first name aren't banned either, which is surprising. That is surprising. Uh, given, given how many Nazis run that site. This is the second week in a row I've talked about that, but it really bothers me. Yes. Um, anyway, I guess that's it. I don't have much else to say. Um, tune in uh, next week whenever I, I already have a good plan for a movie from my childhood yep. that wrecked the childhoods of so many people I know. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, yep. so uh, until this, then. Yeah, this is a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. Bye-bye.